and welcome back. Episode number 54 of the New York Pangers podcast, in partnership with Inside of the Rink. I'm your host, Jacob Berkowitz, and I'm alongside my co-host, Brett and Luca. And today, we're going to be talking about what the Rangers have to improve on, recap of the first 35 games, where this leaves the Rangers, and more. But first, just want to let you guys know to go to InsideTheRink.com slash ESPN to go subscribe to ESPN Plus to watch all games and more. And let's get to it. Also, to mention that this was recorded on Friday, however, don't worry about it being outdated because, you know, with the roster freeze and no one playing, um, it's all fine there. So, yeah, let's get to it. And welcome back, Brett. Luca, how's it going? How's your holidays? Good so far. Good. Good. Yeah, I mean, pretty good so far for me. Nothing's really started. By the way, happy Hanukkah. I haven't. Uh, I've been oh, meaning thank to. You, thank you. Been meaning to like say it, but like every podcast, we kind of just get going, and then I forget about everything that I want to actually say. Um, but yeah, uh, nothing really going on here. I'm going to be driving tomorrow morning, which is going to be so much fun. Um, so I'm going to hopefully beat the traffic down tomorrow before the Giants game at one o'clock. Um, so that'll be a fun Christmas Eve drive. But um, yeah, how about you guys? I am. I, I have a game um, Saturday night. So like, I had to ask a bunch of people, am I going to, you know, beat the traffic over the GW bridge? And everyone's like, what are you talking about? There's going to be no traffic. Um, what time's the game? It's like 1030. 1030 on Christmas Eve. I think it'll be fun. Yeah, yeah I think it should be fun. Yeah, yeah, and the, then, the the majority of traffic tomorrow is going to be till about like dinner time, and then like seven or eight o'clock of traffic. I feel like will die down pretty much everywhere, right? Conventionally, you'd think. I don't know, maybe. Right, and then I have a game that morning, afterwards at eleven a.m. Um, across the GW Bridge again. <laughs> you have a game on Christmas morning. I do. Wow. Jeez. That's that's pretty wild. It and is. even the NHL isn't playing on Christmas. <laughs> yeah, you are in the beer league and you're out here Christmas morning. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah you're, in a, you're in a beer league. So this one's so the I am in a beer league, but this is not the beer league game. Oh, okay. What is this? This one was a pickup that they asked me. Usually they have one like every holiday morning, whether it's their Thanksgiving, Christmas, okay, uh, Easter, like every single one they have one in that morning. Um, and, uh, yeah, I always, I always got a text. Usually I can't do it, but this one I'm like, mm, fine. Like, I guess like I, I have a break from my beer league for the next two, three weeks. And, you know, I want to get some hockey action in. So why not? Yeah. Yeah. So I was close to the Rangers Islanders score for the record until Trocek ruined it. But Hey, if it's going to be ruined that way, I'm, I'm fine with it. Very, um, you you were very close. As soon as it ha- as soon as they went up four three, I was like, "Oh, that's that's the one that Jake said." And me, and me, I said four three too. You did okay. I, I couldn't remember. Yeah, Don, I thought Donnie you said, said three two. But okay, no, 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 I said four three. Go back to the tape. Wind it back. <laughs> Don, Donnie said uh, four three Islanders, right? No, three two Islanders. Three two Islanders. Okay, yeah. You were two one Rangers, right? Yeah, I was. I was a dickhead. That you fool. Much, like, <laughs> I, like, first, first period, I was out. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you had a feeling like even though this was a goaltender battle, it's not like listen, they both played great. Sorokin played out of his mind, but it's one of those games where it's just gonna be high scoring anyway. Yeah. So um all right, so we're on to the break. We have a month till the all-star break. Um I'll just 
let's just go around here before we mention the Islanders games. Like, what do you guys think the Rangers have to improve on? They're 35 games in, right? 19, 11, and 5. Uh, 43 points. They're in the first wild card spot. Um, I mean, listen, obviously the first half, right, of the 35 games, or more than the first 35, not the greatest hockey, not what we envisioned them to be. Then all of a sudden in 9, 10 games, they're totally different, totally 180. Um you know, totally different from then. Go on, should be maybe fired. Um, Luca, we'll start with you. What are your thoughts? Um, you know, it's it's interesting because I, you know, we, we even when we were talking about Gallant getting shit canned, um, you know, we we always circled around the, the idea that like. The reason why he would be out, and obviously, I think we we all agree that he's he's not out at all for the rest of us. He he's pretty. I think he's safe for the rest of the season unless there is a catastrophic collapse. Um, but I think that one of the reasons why we always would kind of circle back to like Gallant may go is because we feel like we have a lot of the pieces in place. Maybe not all of them. Maybe not all of them. You know, I, I think that. We'll we'll see what Drury does at the deadline, but I think that the the pieces are in place. So I'm I'm really kind of looking for specific things to improve with 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 some players, you know, and and it's, it's little things like um like last night, uh, like Miller actually pinched in the neutral zone when there was uh, extra men back. You know what I mean? It's like it's 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 just like it's like um it's just hockey awareness that I think that this team has shown glimpses of like being okay with and then glimpses of just completely being drunk on. Um there there there's blind passes so many times through the through their own zone, across the across their own zone. Um, that just don't make any sense. And, 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 you know, it's just, it's basic hockey, like IQ stuff, like, you know, three forwards deep in a zone, uh, four checking, like it makes no sense whatsoever. Um, and it's, 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 it's a lot of things like that, that I'm looking for them to improve upon. Um, and for the most part, they really have, um, you know, you're never going to play a perfect game. Um, you know, it's it's impossible because the other team is, you know, professional or are professional athletes as well. Uh, so it's it's kind of hard to play a perfect game. I don't think it's anything. I think in any in any, every sport, it's extremely hard to play a perfect game, and I, I, it's just impossible. Um, but I, I'm looking for little things like those to be improved. Um, and I, I'm I would love to see, obviously, like you know it's easy to pick off, pick on like Miller uh, and stuff like that. Cause I mean, I, I love him. So, you know what I mean? I, I'm not like trying to pick on him. It's just, you know, he's made a few huge mistakes here and there. He's also made a few unbelievable plays here and there as well. But I am looking forward to seeing some of these younger guys like Kako who, I, you know, I'm not even going to say it, but I'm just looking forward to, to continue to watch Kako because it's been really fun the past uh, eight games. Um, Lafreniere, Heedle, Kratzov even last night. Um, it's it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. That's all I'm gonna <laughs> say. 
There you go. Yeah, no, that that was great redemption by Kako. Like after that play, I was wondering. Um, I, I you know, we'll get on to that question after. Um, but yeah, regarding go on, uh, probably I think he was limited to two or three shifts for the rest of the second. Um, but the third he had a normal third, and then yeah, yeah that redemption goal was chef's kiss. That was gorgeous. yeah, that was that that was that was a bad turnover. But yeah. you know, it is what it is. Like you have to be able to make mistakes and come back and you know, dumb and dumber yourself, totally redeem yourself. But Capo Caco two years ago isn't coming out on the ice and scoring a goal. No, and I think that's part of like just being an adult. You know right. what I mean? Like we forget he's like twenty two. Right. I mean, I'm just yeah. saying, like, the, yeah. it's a totally different mentality now. I mean, oh, yeah. I saw in, in credit to Vince's article, like, Kako even admitted himself saying after the games, like, yeah, two two years ago, I'm not reacting that way. Now, you know, credit to Kutro and Kreider also, you know, covered him on the bench after. He's like, hey, we know you're good. Those type of mistakes happen when you, you when you, you know, do those risky plays. And sometimes they pay off, sometimes they don't. Um well, I mean, also yeah. David Quinn would have put him in the gulag for oh, he would have been Kako so, would have been screwed for like two games. It's it's yeah. not it's he not would have he, he would have been like relegated to Hartford like not he would never actually went to Hartford but like he would have been you know he would have been on, uh, in the press box. Have, his career is over after that. I, I mean like like yeah, I, I was a bit upset in the beginning that he benched Kako for like he was eliminated till two or three shifts for the rest of the second. Yeah, but is it like? I don't know. I'll ask right here. Is it, would it infuriate you that he benched Kako or is it just that Gallant treats him differently than say if Goudreau would make that mistake? Oh, absolutely. I don't, I don't even think that's arguable. There's yeah. You know, I I think Gallant in his mind probably thinks that he runs a meritocracy of a lineup, but, but it's not, it's very clear that the kids are under, uh, have a much shorter leash than any of the vets do. Um, I, I wasn't a fan of, of him uh, of him doing that. You know, it's it's like when uh, a couple of years ago, Larry David was asked, uh, he was talking Rangers, and, and after uh, Quinn had benched him uh, after taking a penalty, and he said, he knows he did something wrong already. What, what are you doing, you know? And, and I kind of feel that way too. It wasn't like a Sammy Blay or just like completely undisciplined penalty that just absolutely did. He was trying to make a play and he got a little, you know, he made a bad play. That that that's what it is. He knows that. Oh, you, you look at his body language at the bench and you know he already feels it. So in those instances, I'm not a, necessarily a huge fan of, of of benching him. I feel like get him back out there so he can redeem himself. So I'm glad that that was a short lived, you know, punishment. Um, and then obviously it worked out well in the end, but you're right. I mean, if it was Quinn, man, I, I, he might be but scratching the like, game too. If, but I'm saying like if Gawan at least did that to guys like Goudreau and Boy, would you be less mad about the Kako benching in a second? Or is it just the fact that you're wondering that Kako uh, would now lose his confidence because bench because uh, Gawan benched him? Like it, it, it's much more dangerous to have a player that is afraid to do anything. Than a yeah, reckless I, one. I think that's fair to say. Yeah, absolutely, for sure, absolutely, and yeah. I also, I, I think ahead. that I think that it's 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 really hard for us to know what buttons are the right buttons to press when we're not in the locker room. Um, you know, the coaches know 
pretty well who, you know, who they, they could ride, who they can't. Um, and you know what? It, it fucking worked. Like, you know what I mean? Like, let's aside from us not liking the benching in the second, he came out in the third and he scored the game winning fucking goal. So, oh, credit to the, go on to that. The, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, like, that. it did, it did work. Um, the message got across, you know what I mean? Even though I don't necessarily think you, ne- you, you need to bench someone to, to get the message across. You know, this is, I always think about this. Uh, Phil Sims and, and Bill Parcells were, were like an interesting battery mate of quarterback and coach in the 80s and 90s. Um, and Bill Parcells used to tell Phil Sims, if you don't throw at least one interception today, you're not taking enough risks. Like he would encourage him to throw an interception. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like I, I, and that, that kind of would, and he even like Phil Simpson even spoke of it saying like, it would free him from the idea of needing to be perfect and not making a mistake. I think that that is something that this team kind of needs a little bit. It's, it's tough because they just came off of like a terrible streak. Now they're, what eight and eight and one? Yeah. Yep. In their in their last nine, so I'm not gonna. I can't really criticize too much of what they're doing right now. Um, you know, I, I I also it's it's tough because you you do each player is completely different, and, and each coach you would hope knows what buttons to press on each player. Um, you know, I, 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 I we, we, we've seen Gallant throw Kreider down onto the fourth line. You know what I mean? Like, it, I, I don't think he's necessarily afraid to send a message to anyone. Um, but how long did it take for Kreider to get there? Like, it, that took like he was, he was, games. he was there the rest of the game. I remember that game. He was, he, he was on the fourth line the rest of the game. Right, right but no, he had been, but he'd been ghost for a long time preceding. Right, that's what I'm saying. Like, it took yeah. him a while. While if Kako off of one play, demoted immediately. Now, credit to Gallant. We also. We also he, don't know if that is something that they've talked about in practice. Like, don't do this type of thing up here at the blue line. You know what I mean? Like, we don't know if, like, that's something that they've gone over ad nauseum and he still did it. You know what I mean? Like, there's there's different circumstances that we aren't privy to that it's really hard for us to kind of, like, jump on. You know what I mean? Right. That, that, that's yeah. fair. Um, but, yeah, credit to Gallant for giving back his total ice time third period. Kako uh, came in, scored a goal off a gorgeous pass from Miller. Um, who Miller, it seems, is going back to his, you know, previous form from last year. I know, Luca, there are some problems still of pinching, but it does seem like that, that's going to really help the defense because with Truba, I, I felt like with Miller's, you know, not downfall, but the way he's been playing this season, it, it kind of brushed off him because of Truba's playing, you know, because when your defensive, you know, teammate yeah. is making mistakes, you got to compensate for them. And then everything falls apart. Now, I'm not fully blaming Trooper for Miller's struggles. I think it's some is on Miller. But, you know, I, I think that definitely had an effect. Um, and going back to the first question, I just want to ask Brett here. Brett, what, what do you think the Rangers have to work on specifically now that, you know, they, they've been now 35 games in? Yeah, so I have a little list here. Um, you know, I, I mean – the very first thing that I see is not even how the team is playing and and um, and any specific strategy or anything like that. That my first thing is the lineup has to be better. Um, and I'm reminded of a quote uh, from Winston Churchill. It's one of my favorite quotes. He said, "America can always be counted on to do the right thing, 
after all other options have been exhausted. And that is Gallant and this lineup. He has tried every combination of wrong things for this lineup and now has finally stumbled upon a combination that makes sense to fans and analysts and 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 offensive production as well. It's um it's kind of funny. So that's something that needs to be consistent. Like I love, love seeing Kratzov playing in the top line. Um, I love seeing Goodrow playing back where he belongs. Um Bill to Spill had a very funny quote that said, uh, uh, Goodrow is just handsomer on the fourth line. And I'm like, yeah, I agree. He very much is. Um, I was sick pass too last night. Oh, great. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm also of the mind that, you know, making a good pass every few games doesn't mean you, that a guy like that belongs in the in the top six. But uh, I, I wasn't it. saying it for that reason. I'm no, I know. Like, yeah. yeah. Well, the thing is, is no, that- he's. He could, he, he could. That, sorry, I just want to say the thing is that he's better offensively on the fourth line. Yes, like, absolutely. Because they play a more simple hockey while also, you're on the second. Playing against other fourth liners. Right. But it, but it's also, I, I realize this, even though it's also playing versus fourth liners, it's also they're playing a more simple style of hockey. How can he keep up with Panarin, Zibanejad? Like they're they're giving him passes that should not happen, right? And and then he has to do it back? Like, no, that's not his style. He has to play a more simple game on the fourth. Now, I'm not saying he can do it consistently anyway. Yeah. I got to – I got to – so the Islanders have the identity line, which, by the way, I was watching a, a Leafs-Islander game over Thanksgiving with my dad, and my dad just goes, identity line? What the fuck is that? Stupid fucking name. Um, uh, he doesn't really watch any other – he just watches Ranger games. Um, so he doesn't, like, pay attention to the league that much. But, uh, you know, I was thinking last night when we saw the, the two goals by the Rangers fourth line, how, what do you guys think about the, uh, the split personality line um, on the fourth line? Because we don't, we don't know what we're getting out of them. It's not the identity line for the Rangers. We have no <laughs> idea what, what's coming. Split personality line? Are we officially uh, <laughs> going with that? <laughs> I mean, that fourth line, it, you know, having Gauthier in there in the lineup over Blay is just what such a – What the hell is Blay doing over Gauthier, man? I mean, it's 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 so obvious to any I think anyone that has any common sense or watches hockey at all that Goatee has such higher upside. I mean, that's what I mean by the lineup has to be better. Is that you know Goatee has to be in there, Kratzov has to be in there, and they have to be in there playing with the right people. And I think we'll we'll get a lot better. But you know, one of the main things that I wrote too here is that Mika has to be better, um, especially five on five. I mean, right now Goatee has more five on five goals than Mika does. That is insane. And frankly, just he, Mika's still not doing a lot offensively anywhere else but the power play um now i'm not worried about him because boy you know last several years it's been a common theme that it's kind of okay you know through this part of the year and then the new year comes and all of a sudden he starts racking up goals like crazy i still think it's probably a possibility or a probability of what's going to happen with him uh but that's definitely something that needs to uh needs to improve for this team to, to keep this momentum going is is better five on five and he's got to be a big part of it as a top line center yeah um yeah your one he has got to produce more than your fourth liner I, I think that's no one could argue with that there a fourth um, liner who scratched half the time <laughs> right like i'm saying is that how many games did it take for his advantage to get he scored two of his first five v five goals um versus Detroit right it was like what 15 games in something like that it was 15 games in yeah like 
I, I don't know. Maybe like also in the beginning of the year, him, Kreider, and Kako had a ridiculous amount of bad luck. So speaking speaking of bad luck, before we get on to the next topic here, I uh, last night was going over stats with the posts and all that. Do you know there was a time in the beginning of December where Trocek had more posts than the whole Chicago team combined? Doesn't surprise me that's, one bit. That's, that, that is a hilarious stat. That's uh, okay. So credit. Uh, so I was looking up stats. I had to look on you know NHL stats info for this. Um, and then there was one article not attached to it on the sides of it. So credit to Arthur Staple. Uh, he wrote he wrote this on December twelfth. So I got a few of the stats from there. So credit to a few of the stuff that I'm saying right now. Um, Trocheck, including see, I don't I don't get why no one includes posts uh, crossbars again with posts. I, I it just doesn't make sense to me. So I'm gonna first say with crossbars and posts. Uh, Trocheck has eleven. He's leading the league in crossbars or post ten. And even if you take away crossbars, he's still leading the league in hit posts. Um, in the beginning of this uh, December, um, again credit to Arthur Staple that Sabers were actually leading the team in hit posts. The Rangers weren't even leading the team, oh, leading the league. I'm sorry. Uh, but it appears no one the thing is you have to go through each individual team to look at this. So I'm like, yeah, I'm not spending three hours, but based on what I can see, it seems like the Rangers are in the lead in the league in hit posts. Uh, again, I could be wrong on that. Do not quote me on that, but it, it seems like it. Um, for context, the Rangers in last season hit 59 posts, just posts, by the way, not crossbar. I don't know why they keep the stats like that. And then this year they already had 33. So, yeah, that, that's been the luck for them. That's not been great. Also, one, one more thing that I wanted to mention is, is that um, the shots on goal last year, they were 26th. You want to know how much they're this year? Sixth. That's a, wow. that's a pretty big turnaround. That is. They, and this is the thing. It's, it's, it's interesting because, like, yeah, it's like we complain about, like, five on five a lot over the past, like, year and a half, uh, really. And – in general, the five-on-five five has gotten a lot better. It's for some reason, it's like the five-on-five five has gotten, you know, uh, more. Uh, I would say very a lot better than was last year, right? Um, I, but those the opportunities that they've gotten have turned into posts instead of goals. Um, you know, it's 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 interesting. They haven't really cared. They're not. They're not the greatest finishing team. No. Um, and that, that is something that uh, if we're looking for improvements, um, that's something that I would love to see them uh, work on uh, or possibly that's something that someone they add at the deadline. Um, I'll throw out one name that we didn't bring up last episode. Uh who, you know, it might not be a position of need technically, but I think you could always add these players. Um, I think you're able to, if you're able to possibly get, I know we've talked about Tarasenko and uh, and Kane, Kane ad nauseum at this point. Um, I would love Ryan O'Reilly if he became available. I think that, adding center depth to this team. And that maybe it doesn't fix the problem that I even just brought up about finishing. Um, but 
I think adding extra center depth. And then that, I know that like, it's like, well, what are you going to do? You have three centers. Do you have three centers? You add a fourth one. That's never a problem in the playoffs because you're always, you need depth. People are going to get hurt. Um, in that case, you can move out, maybe even Heedle to wing. Um, and it, it, the, the line that you, you could have so many, I mean, unfortunately you have Gallant like 3000 more op- options when it comes to line changes at that point. Uh, so I don't know if that helps, uh, helps the situation at all. But I, I think that's a player that if, if the Blues continue to kind of, I mean, they just went on a four-game heater, though, so maybe they're kind of turning it around like they did a few years ago. Um, that's a player that I think would, would be really interesting, uh, a captain of a Stanley Cup winning team. He, he's in UFA at the end of the year, so there's no long-term uh, commitment to him. Um, and, yeah, I don't know. I, I think he, that, that, that would be – a really interesting player to look at. Um, That's interesting going yeah. for a, a, a center. It just, you know, cause it, you're right. It's not a position of need, but you know, something that, that, that I feel like they, Heedle was played wing for what, like two periods, I think once. He, what are you I, talking about yeah. the wing? Like once he was tried out and then they switched it back really quickly. I don't, yeah. Heedle on the wing. I, I literally think they tried that one game. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but in my memory, I feel like they tried that once for like a period or two, and then it was immediately he was back to center again. Um, I, I've always liked that as an idea. Um, like his speed not, could be deadly on the wing. Well, exactly. I, I don't think there's anything about his skill set that says you must play center and you can't play wing. And that may be where he prefers to be, but I, I don't think he's, he's just as deadly. It's not like he's a, an elite face-off guy, you know. But what would I, be like really the lines, right? Because like – that kid line, would you really break up the kid line? I mean, we know the damage they could cause in the playoffs. We've seen it. So uh, unless maybe you want to go back to uh, that top line of Lafayette, Zibanejad, um, Kako, and then maybe put like Panarin, um, Ryan O'Reilly, and then Hedl on the wing. And the reason why I'm not putting Trocek with Panarin is, you know, I, I think we've all come to love that karate Trocek combo there. Um, yeah. I think that's... They play well together. Yeah, I, I'm honestly, I'm of the mind that I don't think there's anything special about the kid line being all together. I just think all three of the, well, really Heedle and Kako, and way to a way lesser extent, Lafayette right now, um, they're just improving. And I think they improve, they're going to improve any line they're on. I don't think the three of them necessarily being together is a real magical combo that you can't take apart. Uh, I feel like I'm probably a little alone in that opinion because we, we've gotten used to seeing them and they and they do play well, but I feel like a lot of that is that Heedle and Kako especially are just really good at keeping possession, especially in the offensive zone. Um, they do that better, and so I, I feel like they do that with, with anyone else on the other wing as well. I don't think it's I don't think it's the combo. I just think they're playing a lot better now. And I'll, I'll also throw it out there. I, Ryan O'Reilly's not happening as good of a season as he usually has. So like, I, I don't necessarily know if he's the ant, if he's like the guy, you know, but maybe if he's having a bad year, you can maybe get him for a little cheaper than what he would have been having or he, that he would be at if he was having his normal year, you know? Um, so I don't know. I, I, I think that, you know, all options are kind of out there, but if you need a finisher, Tarasenko might be the best guy in the market. Right. I mean, like, I think we all said it last time uh, on the Islanders uh, when with Donny Savitsky. But, yeah, I, I think, like, you know, with Kane's play and all that, I I, I don't know, man. It, it could be he rejuvenates it with Panarin. It's just, like, what you need is, like, a sniper. Tarasenko fits the bill perfectly. 
Um, the thing though, I, I've been thinking about it is like, what would it cost? Like, because here's the th- here's the problem with the Rangers, right? They're not gonna like everyone says they could outbid anyone. They really can't because they're definitely not trading those three kids. It's, it's just not happening, right? As as should be, but you also they're not also going to trade Offman, right? Because not only is he valuable because he's a great prospect, but he's because he has an entry level contract for three years, right? So you're not trading that. So what are you trading? I mean, you could give them what a first. Crafts off and then a 2024 second. Is that even going to be like, I, I feel like the market. You, you got to think you, you have three first round picks in the next two drafts, um, which is more than a lot of teams have. Um, so you have that extra first rounder um, and both drafts are supposedly, I mean, I'm not like a draft expert, but both drafts are supposedly really, really uh, strong. Um, so you have that. Matthew Robertson, you still have Zach Jones. Um, now, those guys aren't first-round prospects or, you know, uh, those type of high-end um, prospects. You know, they, they might have peaked already. Um, talking more of Jones and Robertson because we really haven't seen Robertson that much. Um, but they still fetch something on the open market, you know. Um, so, what you know, I, I don't know what necessarily um, they would get or what what it would cost I, I think they have if they want to make the deals they have the arsenal to pull it off now who's unavailable who's available is really i agree i don't think they're touching any of the three kids i don't think they're i, I don't it'd be, off, it'd be I, insane Kratzov, I, I the one he's the one guy who i would say is not 100 safe um not saying i want to trade i'm just saying that I, I out of the four he's sure. probably the least safe um, uh, you know, and that's just based, based off of, you know, production that we've seen so far, you know, and also I think that they have the least, uh, I don't know if least invested in him is the right term. Uh, you know, they're all first round. He's picks. the most expendable. Um, he, 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 thank you. Yeah. He's, he's the most expendable at this point because I feel like a lot of people kind of already in their mind. Osman coming up next year kind of helps yeah. that also. But also, um, a lot of people yeah. in their minds have already like written written him off in a way. You know what I mean? Because of all the shit last year, he hasn't yeah. played that great this year. Um, which also, I don't necessarily think is the best time to trade a player. Like you, I, you don't necessarily. You, know, you want to showcase him a little bit? I mean, well, yeah. yeah. It, it seems like Gawant is gonna hopefully stick like to these lines of Kraftsoff and talk because he did switch them in the Anders game. Switch Gudro and Kraftsoff, and what do you know? Gudro scored on the fourth. Line and crafts out look great. So I, I don't know. It ain't rocket science with that. I, I know it's like he's an NHL coach. He got the for a reason. No, there are just some stuff where you could use your own brain and say that's not a great move. And like you know, having good run the top line. But hey, you know, like they, he switched it. They, they looked great. Um, an interest, another interesting thing Kako Kako Kapo Kako, excuse me, has more goals, even strength goals, than Leon Drysaddle. Uh, yeah. Hold on. Hold on, it's still, it's not even over yet. He has Brady Kachuk, I believe, as well. Okay, he has more even strength goals than Patrice Bergeron, Leon Drysaddle, Nikita Kucherov, John Tavares, and Evgeny Malkin. Yeah, anyone anyone questioning regarding his bus status, you know, get out. Just like it's first of all, even if the goals weren't somewhat there, he's showing how you know much better he is right now. I would and, love to fucking see him on. 
I, I, it's, I don't know. I mean, like I've said it before, but man, like I understand why Trocheck's on the first power play, but I really would love to see Panarin in that bumper spot where Trocheck is, and then Kako on the. Um, well, when you Panarin have Kako, uh, when you have Kako by the net, so that's what I don't no. understand. I get he has great possession, like he, he besides the Barzell goal, but I, he is one of his main strengths is you know puck possession. He doesn't have the greatest shot, and. Is he the greatest passer? Like, what is he? I feel like, I don't know. I feel like he'd either bode well in the bumper spot or the uh, right before, right in front of the net. No? Like, you know what? Maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe I'm wrong. That's not a bad idea. I was mainly putting him there because of uh, puck possession and the fact that he's a lefty, um, which I think would open up a lot of different options on the actual power play itself. Um, right. And I think a guy like Panarin could easily ha- easily has the talent to just slide into the bumper spot and like because we've seen it the past few games where like Trocheck gets a pass in the bumper and he like gets it takes a second to fucking control it and then by the time he shoots it the goalie's already positioned himself like that's that not more the- of the bad pass rather than Trocheck having to set no up? because I, it's it's this is the thing with the bumper spot is is not every pass is going to be fucking perfect. It just quickly rip off shit. It's the same thing as like a crease attacking in lacrosse. Like mm-hmm. you get the ball or the puck and you just got to fucking let it go. Um, you're going to have to let go of passes or shots from really, really bad angles. Um, and I feel like Panarin is probably like the almost most talented player on the team for that position, but he's almost too talented because he does everything else on the power play in a sense of just roaming and, and puck possession and uh, shooting a little bit now. Um right. But yeah, yeah. What what I liked about the power play versus the Islanders is that they were moving Zibanejad around, and yeah. now for the Islanders, you're like, okay, yeah. what do we got? I mean, look at look, follow, it's just look at normal like power plays. Yeah, like we now we got to follow Zibanejad. Oh wait, now we just forgot about Panarin, who's just took in his spot, and Panarin just scores a goal. Like those type of things is how you gotta you know revamp the power play, right? If you have Zibanejad well, just sitting there on the red circle, everyone you saw in the first time versus the Islanders, like. Everyone's just going to be leaning towards him. Panar- well, then Panarin started shooting, actually, which then they had to respect him. And then they started switching Zibanejad around, and they, they scored. Now, uh, granted, two for six isn't something to come home about, you know, and say, like, we did an insane job. But um, the the other thing I wanted to mention is, what, what do we think of Harper? I I didn't really notice him in a bad, bad way versus the Islanders. It's just like, I feel like he will be exposed, absolutely exposed versus the speedy, fast teams. I, I mean, look, I, this is the thing with, for me, like, I, I don't think any, I like, I don't know. This is as six defensemen on the Rangers has been talked about, in my opinion, over the past decade so much to the point where it's just like, in a game like that, like if you don't notice people making bad mistakes, and he didn't really make any. Look, I I, I might have I, I jumped in fifteen minutes late, so unless he made some terrible plays in the first like ten minutes of the game, I you know what I mean. Like I I didn't necessarily notice anything that was really that egregious. Um, it, it, in a way, he kind of uh, who the hell is the guy from Philly that they got last year for the deadline? Braun. Braun. Yeah. He kind of he kind of reminds me a little bit of Braun. Um, he's he's a he's a uh, you know I know I know I'm gonna say a trigger word for for some people, but he's he's a big guy 
who doesn't necessarily make a ton of mistakes so far. Okay, so far. But like, um, but the Islanders, like, they're not a fast team. Like, first Carolina or New Jersey, they're they're skating around them. I mean, I'm not. I'm look. I I don't want to speculate and say that it's going to happen when I, I don't really know. I mean, like, let's. I, I'd like to give a player who hasn't necessarily made an egregious mistake in my eyes quite yet. I'd like to give him the benefit of the doubt of. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, right. I, 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 I get what you're saying, and, and you're right. It's, But at the same time, what is the better option right now? Well, that's a problem. There isn't really that great of, a, of an option. I mean, that, that's a roster construction problem. I mean, last game, I think, uh, you know, against the Islanders was Harper's best game um, because you, you didn't notice him. He wasn't getting walked um, like he was against faster teams like, like the Devils, like Jacob was saying. Um, you know, as a stopgap solution for the moment right now, maybe he's okay. But this obsession with slow lumbering, big defensive guys who aren't particularly skilled with the puck, aren't very good at getting it out of the zone. And really all they have is their size. And hopefully you don't notice them. I mean, that's a pretty low bar. Um, and, and that's, I mean, that's the, to me, that's the biggest position of need going into the playoffs. And I think it's also one that you can, Look, I'd love to get a guy like Tarasenko and you know other good offensive weapons. You know what Honestly, we should get for Tarasenko? You know what we should offer them? What? A second round in Blay. <laughs> I, I think it's only fair. Oh, uh, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. At least throw it out there and see that's what happens. Fair. Yeah, like yeah, if, I'm, yeah. if I'm Jory, I'm like, hey, second round in Blay, man. Like that, that that's what <laughs> you get. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a, it's a good point, but. You know, that, that's the biggest position of need that I that I see in this line because I think there's already more than enough offensive skill. And, and just one thing I want to return to real quick here because we got away from it is that I want to point out that, that the Talon Kratzoff has played 35 NHL games. Yeah. That is it, okay? Um, so anyone that thinks of him as being a, a dispensable, I understand why they do just because of all the history and everything else like that, but they shouldn't. Um, in this very short amount of time that he's been in the league, and a very obviously uh, jumbled career so far as well. I mean, he's already making great strides. He's making res- uh, and I'm just that he's noticeable offensively, which he is. He has a high end offensive skill set. His ceiling for offense is really, really high, and it's something that I am not interested in selling low on. Um, but he's been really great def- defensively. He's made some really good defensive plays and has been responsible in his own end as well. And I want to see him, I want to see him develop and cook because, you know, just getting rid of him to have, you know, a rental uh, to try and get a little more offensive skill going. I don't know if that's what really pushes us over the hump to a Stanley cup. And if you're not doing that, I don't want to get rid of anybody. You know, that's kind of the position. I think this team has more than enough offense that's going to keep developing that I'm really like, unless we can get somebody like for a second and a play, you know, a trade like that. But I think, we're much more likely to get a decent six defenseman like that versus that we have a two you know real name. Picks. It helps though that we have two first. It helps though that we have two first round picks. I don't right? want to get rid of that. I don't want to get rid of that either. I mean, we have two first round picks. Right. Yeah, for sure it helps. We have two. But well, I, I mean, don't want to get rid would, of that. What would your rental be? I, I know you said I mentioned defenseman. What What would your ideal? Because like you, you, you look at like I know there was talk about Gavrikov. Um, <laughs> look at the price tag that was just announced on him. It's like a first and a third. I, I'm not, I'm not doing that for Gra- Gavrikov. I'm sorry. I'm just like, you know, like I feel like teams are realizing now they're actually starting to get somewhat smart here and realize that depth players 
and like the right players and suddenly instead of the best players are what helps teams win cups. And I think the sellers are now realizing that and are starting to up the price. You know what I'm saying? We had saw Hagel last year. How much did he get? I mean, it was a ridiculous amount. That's not happening a couple of years ago, right? Like Blake Coleman didn't get that. So I mean, Goudreau, I believe, was a first rounder. Okay, no, no, no. I'm, I'm saying it's going to be a first rounder, but I'm saying is Hagel was how much? I think it was two first rounders. I believe. Okay, so. yeah, but at the same time, Hagel was Hagel was also uh, he was younger, and he, I believe. He had, yeah, he put had up twenty goals at one point. Right, um, that's fair. But I'm, I'm just saying, like, it's 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 different when when it's a younger guy and you could possibly, you know, like they resigned him to like a three million dollar for like seven or eight years or some shit like that, that's right? Fair, yeah, like right. it's like it, it, you know, it's when you look at it, like, yeah, you're gonna give up more money in any sport, not more money, more you know, capital to get someone who, um, not only projects for that the rest of that year but but someone who could project for the next court you know half a decade or more um into your lineup now the one thing that uh a few things that Brett mentioned i don't necessarily i understand like everyone talks about the rangers being obsessed with like big lumbering defensemen the rangers gave zach jones a, quite a shake right and he's not a big lumbering defenseman they get they gave him i feel like a lot of opportunities to uh I, I feel like just take that spot. Right. And he didn't, he didn't seize the opportunity. Um, so I think, it, I think the whole Harper thing is really more of a, they they picked him up off waivers and they took a flyer on him saying, what the hell? Um, I don't necessarily think they're going to really rely on him very long. I'll say that. Um, now the thing with, with Kratzoff and I do agree, but the one thing that Brett and we haven't mentioned yet is the rest of the lineup going forward past this year, having Kratzoff. Now I know he's, a, is he a UFA or RFA? He's an, he's R- an RFA. He's an RFA. RFA. Yeah. Yeah. So he's an RFA at the end of the year, but still like if you can get production out of him this year and you, he continues to improve, I think that having a top nine, that is kind of very similar to what we have right now um, is not necessarily a bad thing going into next year. Uh, this, I mean, obviously DC being the only one really uh, who I don't He's necessarily see. So bad. He's got to be worth like 2 million next year. And we're not going to be right. Like that's the thing. Like, the whole... a, 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 forget about what his price is. Brendan Offman's going to kick him out. Oh, hundred percent. It's so, also yeah, the, I, Right. And it's also even, a matter of fact that, that you if, find the next Kudrow, right? You don't find or the VCs of the world, yeah. right? You find and that's and that's fine. Like, but like even if Ackman doesn't take the situation, yeah. But even if even if VC like does want to come back or whatever, he's a stopgap. Like, there is still Will Cooley in the minors. Um, like they actually have quite a bit of like not quite a bit. There, there's really two forwards off the top of my head. Um, they're possibly going to be ready to come up next year. Um, but my point is that you're still going to have to have young, cheap forwards. Um, you know, and I know that VC is filling that void right now, not young, but he's cheap. Um, and we're going to have to continue to kind of try and find those players. Now I know the cap is supposed to go up a little bit, or I don't know how much Gary Bettman. One million. 
Yeah, whatever. Not great. Ever. Uh, I don't know. Um, I think I think that that is that's that's a big reason to hang on the craps off as well. I agree. Yeah. Um. I. I like. I was thinking about craps off. Like, though. Like next year, right? We have to re-sign Heedle if we could even do that. We have to re-sign Laffy, and we have to re-sign Miller. Um. I, I don't remember. I, I asked Taki Steinmeier this, and I think he posted it, and I think I took a picture of it, but I have, like, so many screenshots. There's no way I'm going to be able to get it to it now. But it, based off that, it, it's going to be tough, right? And it, it, it's common sense that Gujar is going to be the man out next year. Now, it's not like saying he stings, he's this. That's not what I'm saying. It's just that I'm sorry. Money. It's money. It's just business, and we need to move money, and you're taking $3.6 million for a man – that's playing at the fourth liner, who should be a fourth liner. Should line. be, yeah. Right. So, yeah, it's just common sense that he'd be the man out. Um, yeah. So, like, yeah, like, it's going to be tough already. And then if you had crafts off, and what happens if he starts, you know, producing more, uh, rather than just having Othman out on ELC next year? I, that's why I feel like he's more expendable. And it's just that, you know, you're going to have to give up something at the trade deadline. And if you're going to give up anything, it's going to be crafts off. Um yeah, I, I mean, like the thing is, like I don't, I don't necessarily have to thank about more. Like, I haven't really thought about price wise at the trade deadline because, well, first of all, no, we don't know what's available yet, right? If there's, if there's, you know, something that's more available, available, right? Then it's going to be worth less. But if there's only a few of those type of guys, it's going to be worth more. Common sense. So, I, I mean, yeah, we don't, we don't know what's going to happen yet. Uh, I, I'm still a guy that's on the Tarasenko trade, a uh, train. I also feel like I, I get uh, either everyone loves that I post this or everyone hates that I post this. I just want to mock back. I don't usually, I'm not usually the person that says, oh, I want this guy back. Like, you know, out of a, mo- like, you know, out of loving the player here. Like usually I'm like, okay, fine. You know, he did, he did great. You know, that's it. Now it's time to move on. This is, I don't know. Talamot's just the one guy that, I would personally really like back, it, and and it's realistic because Ottawa's you know not making the playoffs, and uh, Talamot, you know what he'd cost a, a fourth, a fifth. What what's his contract? Did he signed a one year deal. One year deal, UFA. Okay, okay. I, I don't know. I don't know if like he signed long term there at all. Um, yeah, I mean, look, I would I wouldn't be opposed to that at all. Um, Although I'll say this, I don't necessarily think the fourth line is really much of an issue. Um, You know, I I feel like instead of trading even a draft pick, you might even be able to trade them like play. Right. You know know what I mean? Like if if you're, if you're Ottawa, you know what I mean? Like that might not be a terrible situation. I don't know. Um, Well, speaking about play, I'm sorry to interrupt you. If you're, Right now, the Rangers, and hopefully you see that Gauthier is the better option than Blay. Do you try to move Blay now to accumulate more cap space for the trade deadline? I think they should have done this months ago. But you know, do you, do we see a Blay trade also now? He's making one point five million. That would um, really help. I, I think it's. I think it's. It's. I think it's. It goes back to what I said about not trading a player while they're at their lowest. Um, you know, he just came off the ACL. He's he's played half a not even half a season, uh, <clears throat> um, since since his uh, ace, his knee injury. Uh, I would hold off on on possibly trading him and, and be a little bit more patient with him. Um, 
I know he's a lightning bolt for criticism because of nothing that he's done. It's just because of who they traded him for. Man, that shall not be named. Um, yeah. Uh, and I, look, I don't even. I'm not even trying to litigate it. I'm just pointing out the fact that like that is one of the main reasons why. It's the same thing with when. Uh, um, who was it? Was, was it Howden and Hayek that came in for McDonough? It was, I believe the trade yep. was, is Ryan McDonough. Nemesikov yeah. was part of that too, right? I think yeah, it was Ryan then, McDonough and JT Miller for a first Brett Howden, which the first, by the way, became Niels Lundqvist, Brett Howden and Libra Hayek, Hayek and Vlad Nemesnikov. Okay. Yeah, no, I'm just saying, like, it's like those, like, forget about Nemesnikov because everyone knew that he was just a, like a stopgap. Um, but everyone, you know, they held Hayek and Howden to the Ryan McDonough standard, you know, and, and whether it's fair or not to those players, I'm not trying to like litigate that. I'm just saying like, it's, it's very difficult to live up to those expectations when people had like such high esteem and love for Ryan McDonough. You know what I mean? It's it's fucking impossible to come in on, on, in those situations. Um, so I, you know, I think that, I think personally, in my opinion, I think we need to be a little bit more patient with Blay. Um, I it sucks because the like that was like five or six games last year that I loved what he was doing, and then he tore his fucking ACL. Right. Um, I was at the game when he when he fucked when he fucked up his knee too. As soon as he went into the boards, I was like, that does not look fucking good. No, you just saw the way he fell. And yeah, like, it was yeah, the way not. it wasn't even so much the way he fell, the way he crashed into the boards was, was I think, the the way that he did it. No, uh, it was someone slew, slewing, slew footing. Yeah, him. yeah, he was slew foot. Yeah, yeah, was, um, I, you know, I, I, it's not that I disagree with you on that. Um, he's been a target, and because of how he came in and who we had to give up, uh, to, to get play, but I, I will disagree with you on that. I don't think we need to be patient if I have. If it was me right now, I would I would I would send him down and 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 frankly, I'd hope that he get claimed right now and I could get his cap back to to keep accruing because and it's not and it's not just that um he's never really produced anything in the NHL. It's not even that just in my opinion, I don't see anything in his game. I don't I don't see a skill set worth keeping around. I mean he works hard, he checks, and that's about it. That's that that's the end of the yeah. line for me. Now I could be wrong. I mean, I am not an expert at evaluating players, just I like what I see in certain guys and I don't like what I see in other guys. And and frankly, I just, I think Blaze also been given a longer leash because of how we were, because of how we got him. I feel like if he was just a, a you know, free agency pickup, um, you know, I, I don't think that we'd still be at the point where he's getting played over players that I think are better than him. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm 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 ready to give up the ghost on him and just wipe that whole trade out as a full loss. One one caveat that I'm going to throw out there is, from, it wasn't long ago that everyone was writing off Julian Gauthier. No, it's true. I you wasn't, know, and like, and, and, and <laughs> I mean, like, and I I was kind of one of them as well. But like, Gauthier had the skating ability. We've seen we've seen that uh, you know so right, many. But times. That's the difference, um, though. Gauthier and, you saw the flashes. Well, Blake, do you really even see anything? I, I mean, look, look, this, this is the point, though. So we've, we watched Blay for five games when he was healthy last year. About, I don't remember how many games he played. He got hurt. Yeah. And then 
he comes in this year and he's what you could tell he's not 100 at the beginning of the year i feel like he's gotten better and more comfortable skating wise throughout i'm just i'm just throwing out devil's advocate i'm i'm right now I feel like i'm the fairly positive sure. I'm, I'm just throwing it out there like gautier it was unfathomable that he would be a key cog in a fourth line last year if you think about it you know what i mean like i'm just saying like time can change a lot of things a lot of perspectives so that's the, only like thing I'm the reason out. why we don't go after my he might be. He he really might be. I mean, Blay and like a fifth round pick for Mott might be a deal too. That that seems enticing for someone like Ottawa. You know, they're a young team. They're trying to rebuild and shit. Um, and Mott's probably out of there at the end of the year. Um, and you know what? If like it'd be great if like say if like Goudreau is moved in the in the de- uh, off season, then you can kind of reallocate that money to to Mott possibly a little bit. But then that takes some money away from. You know Miller, Hedl, and Loff, and all that other shit. So who the fuck knows? I mean, I, don't know. I mean, at this point, the, the the absolute number one priority going into the off season is that Hedl cannot be a cap casualty. I, there yeah. was a lot of people that just expected that to be the case, but I mean, I've been a fan of his, and his game is is just it, he's obviously still developing. He's obviously getting better, and we absolutely need him. And I I don't care who you really have to move around in order to keep him. You can't let another another really high-end forward go that you've developed, which is hard for the Rangers to do. You can't just let him go because, ah, we don't have enough money, which is which is why it's, I think we all are in agreement that, that the good thing that's really interesting, um, and shit, it's almost 10 o'clock, so I got to get going soon. Um, but the thing that uh, is really interesting, we're, I think, what – we're one season away from possibly not having Kreider and Shruba on this team. Because like, if we, if we look at what the cap is situation is like, we really, once there are no move clause becomes modified, like those got, it's not even one or like, I feel like Kreider's more acceptable because at least he's playing up to his contract. I think Shruba is obviously the first one to go. No question. I'm just saying like, it's, 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 but because of that Kreider might be the one that's easier to move. Right. That's fair. And and also, if you think about it, Kreider, we also have like multiple replacements, right? So I'm just I'm just saying, like it's yeah, it's like I feel like this off season is really just a let's keep everyone and get to next off season. You know, well, I mean, it, this is like, but this off season, it's not like veterans trying to sign it. It's your future, right? It's no, I, I, it's I understand that. that. That's my point. I think it's I think it's really about just keeping. Um, keeping as many of the young guys that you can. Um, yeah, and- if you gotta, if we got to bridge these guys in order because yeah, you're right. We do get it's yeah, not next year, but yeah, the off season after next year, we get a lot more flexibility because the the priors and space, troopers yeah. and MC changes. Well, that yeah, and then also the caps are probably going to go up as well and all that too. So yeah, yeah. So that that might help us only only having to get rid of say one of those guys. Um, yeah. Like but the thing is knows? like. The season after this, right? You're hoping that the player, I don't know exactly how it works, but you're hoping the money's paid back to to the NHL. So now the cap could go up four million or something, and then you take into account the buyout, the dead cap space that's going to go away. So I I don't think the season after that. I don't know. I'd have to ask people who you know know more about this stuff. I I don't think that's going to be a problem. Um, yeah, this this offseason, it's it's going to be tough. And yeah, like like Brett said, Hedl cannot be a cap casualty. It's just not something that could happen. Um, all right. Uh, Is Hedl a UFA? Uh, no, no, RFA. He's an RFA. 
Yeah. Um, all righty. Uh, I think we've covered a lot and, uh, I know Lucas got to get going. So guys, thank you so much. Uh, thanks so much to the listeners and yeah, we'll see you next time. Happy holidays. Happy holidays.